You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also for the podcast, a new sponsor, RCB Bank. Since 1936, RCB Bank has offered progressive products and a friendly service. Come in today to find out more about their loan promotion on new used refinance cars, boats, campers, and ATVs. Visit RCB Bank to learn more. RCB Bank, that's my bank. With approved credit, restrictions apply. Now, let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike and here, your host, back with another episode down at the Bedford studio today uh, with Joel Irby. Um, you might recognize that last name. I had your dad on the podcast recently to talk about Kicker Audio and, and just, I mean, the amazing stuff that the business has done. I was super pumped to go up there and see the building and everything. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, we'll get into the stories about you, how, you know, growing up around that as well. But thanks for coming to, to the studio. Um, thank you for the beer. I'm looking forward to, to learning more about it. And I definitely recognize the Neon Sunshine. I haven't tried the other one yet, um, but I appreciate you bringing down some beer. And, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about. But, before we get into the beer side of things, tell uh, tell us, you know, I guess, your little bit about your upbringing and and kind of where you grew up and and you know that kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, uh, maybe we can crack one of those beers uh, on the second half or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm glad uh, they're cold. That's yeah, not, not yeah. many people bring free beer that's chilled. So yeah. I, I appreciate that immensely. Well, I didn't bring a cooler, so that's I have to drink right. fast. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, so uh, uh, you, uh, like you said, you obviously know a little bit about my uh, my dad, uh, uh, probably the coolest guy uh, I know, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I grew up in Stillwater, Oklahoma, uh, about uh, 60 miles away from here. Mm-hmm. So born uh, born and raised uh, in Oki and, um, you know, kind of did the the normal thing. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, was, was around... Uh, you know, my parents and my dad's business a lot growing up, um, you know, which was fun. Um, and, uh, lived in Stillwater till I was 18 and, uh, uh, nothing against Stillwater, but I kind of needed to get out. So, uh, uh, at that point I moved to Colorado and, uh, that's, that's kind of where my, my beer journey began. But, uh, um, but yeah, still, uh, uh, still have a lot of love for for Stillwater no and, doubt. and yeah, and obviously Oklahoma. When uh, when were you born? Uh, 1983. Okay. So I'm 37. Yeah. As long as I haven't caught uh, lost track. Right. So. Yeah. So, so so you're kind of like when you're getting into like you know you're 10, 11, 12 into high school. Uh huh. Dad's business is really taking. It's like you know through the 80s and 90s it was that you know really taking off, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. And I th- I mean I didn't really understand sure. or know, you know, what was going on with his business. I think whenever I was in, uh, you know, kindergarten or something, uh, you know, everybody is like, you have like a bring your dad to school day or something like that. And they, yeah. uh, I don't know the, I don't remember the exact story, but it, it's something like, you know, they asked me, what does your dad do for a living? And I said, he stores boxes, you know, because I just knew he had a warehouse right, that had boxes in warehouse, it. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that was, uh, I, it was something I really thought was cool growing mm-hmm. up, but also nothing, something that I wasn't, you know, I didn't know what was going on. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking but, to your dad, it kind of, I, I kind of got that sense that, um, he, you know, obviously you had some great opportunities growing up as a kid, but it wasn't like you didn't didn't get the sense that you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth, right? Yeah. And I totally got that from him, and he's definitely not like that either. You know, someone who owns a business like that, people think, they automatically think, you know, oh, he must be, you know, they have a successful business, it's a nationwide or worldwide, that person must be at a, you know, a new medium, he's just a normal person. And I'm yeah, glad I get yeah. the same vibe from you as well, right? You know, because I was expecting to go up there and he's, you know, in a suit or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Far from that. And he's, I, you know, yeah, he's a pretty pretty laid-back guy. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, my parents are great. I don't, you know, 
I don't think they spoiled me, but they obviously gave me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. great, uh, you know, a great position in life. And, you know, I, I'm definitely, you know, privileged in that, in that sense. Sure. But, uh, you know, my first car wasn't a Ferrari or anything. <laughs> <You know>? Sadly. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, sadly. Yeah. 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 So do you share your dad's love of music and passion of music as well then? Yeah, I do, but uh, definitely not to the same level that he okay. does. Yeah. Um, I uh, played the piano growing up, mm-hmm. uh, but a, a much different style uh, than, than my dad. My dad can hear a song and just, you know, practice it for three minutes and then just lay it down and you're yeah you're like how did you do that you know i still don't know right uh i so i i played piano quite a bit but most uh mostly classical Mm -hmm. and so uh definitely a a more you know technique focused side of it as opposed to like jamming with a band right so the less the less fun side the less (laughs) right yeah yeah the less uh, you're right when you're jamming it's just kind of creative on the spot yeah yeah when you're doing classic it's like two it has to be as good you know what i'm looking at reading the music it's gonna be exactly that yeah yeah absolutely so um but yeah i i love music uh but i'm you know not not a right. aficionado to the to the level that he is. Mm-hmm. So by yeah. any means. So so going through high school, then are you do you, and you make the decision to go to university in Colorado. Do you? I assume it's university in Colorado. Yep. Yes. So so at that point, are you thinking I'm going to go out on my own and go going to get away for a bit and I'm going to study and possibly come back into the business, family business, or are you thinking I'm going to go? I want to go do my own thing. I think I I assumed that I would come back and and work for Kicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my that was my assumption. You know, yeah. as an eighteen year old leaving, uh, go get a business degree, try and try and learn some mm-hmm. things. And uh, uh, actually, I had a had a professor. He was uh, my uh, entrepreneurship professor in college, and I was talking to him. He ended up being my advisor later, and we we were talking about my dad's business and I was like, yeah, I'd like to, you know, get the degree, Mm -hmm. um, probably, you know, go back to work for him and then maybe try something else later or something. He's like, it seems like you kind of have it backwards. Like you should probably get your degree, go work for somebody else, you know, try and learn some stuff and then take what you learned back. And I think that was probably the first time I like I really seriously thought, you know, maybe I'd, maybe that won't be my job right out of yeah. right out of college. So, you need the safety net to know that there is possibly a job there, so you can go and try yeah. whatever and kind of go test and stuff. And uh, where in you where in Colorado do you go to university? It was in Colorado Springs, a mm-hmm. uh, little little school called Colorado College, uh, uh, pretty tiny liberal arts school, actually yeah. about the size of my high school. That, that small. So. Yeah. I, I went to a small school too. I kind of like, I, I wonder what it would have been like if I'd have gone to a bigger school, but then I also kind of, you, you miss out on the little things, then you? And Yeah. Having grown up around Oklahoma State, uh, I think I, I knew that I wanted something a little bit smaller than that. So yeah. you probably already had that experience living in a college town anyway. Yeah. Right, I mean, in there's, high school. there's something to be said for a big a big school and you know football games are a blast and and that sort of thing but there's also very uh there's like very little personal connection you know mm-hmm. you have a you have a class with 200 people in it and yeah. and at my school i think the the max size was 20 and so you can right. actually like know your professor by name yeah. and you know if you show up or don't show up you know, they'll, they'll call you, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so What's going uh, on? It's, yeah, yeah it's not so like, oh, never mind you, you know. You're not just a face in the crowd, which I definitely. which I really enjoyed, and it was, you know, yeah, definitely loved. Did you play any sports when you went to college? No, no. no. Or um, get into, I guess, the mountain life out there? I d- yeah, I got into the mountain life a lot, but didn't play any organized sports. Okay. I started rock climbing whenever I moved to uh, Colorado almost immediately, and that's probably the main reason I didn't do very well in school was <laughs> because of my climbing. So yeah. uh, it, it, it pretty quickly became an obsession. And uh, uh, I didn't, didn't like skip class to go climbing, but definitely skip studying yeah. a, a lot. You are like, away on the weekends yeah, to go wherever yeah. you could climb. Yeah, every weekend it was, you know, where are we going? You yeah. know, we'd go camp climb or, you know, go skiing if it was wintertime. Yeah. But, uh, 
what I've never done it never done rock climbing I mean I've seen kind of like the documentaries right and the people who are doing climbing the walls on their own solo right? yeah, and like, yeah this is insane well that is insane right? <laughs> and you're obviously you're doing it with clips and stuff but it's still not I mean it's you cli- uh, you're not just climbing the rock wall that's at like the rock climbing business downtown right yeah, or like yeah. the wall that shows up on the back of a trailer at a you know at a carnival or something yeah yeah no I mean we we did all sorts of stuff uh uh, still do. I, I just went on a trip to Yosemite last year with uh, two of my best friends from college. So we don't we don't climb as much together as we used to, but mm-hmm. still still doing it. But uh, but yeah, everything from you know big mountains to you know little yeah. bo- little boulders and everything in between. So right, just it's the all love of outdoors. Everything that we don't have in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, I definitely miss it. So it's uh, yeah. luckily it's a, it's an easy driver. Or flight away and definitely uh, still have a, a couple of free couches to stay on out in Colorado. So <laughs> still got some good relationships yeah. and some good friends out there. That you yeah, can, definitely. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that earlier that, that the beer journey starts in Colorado. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I think the first time I ever had craft beer, you know, which is what mm-hmm. I make, uh, was at uh, at school at, yeah. at college. Our school had this. Uh, I mean, being such a small campus, they had this kind of theory that if you kept all the students on campus on the weekends, like for parties and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, they wouldn't go off campus and do stupid stuff downtown Colorado Springs, sure. and, you know, which maybe it was right. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, be- you would worked out okay for yeah, you. Right? Yeah, but, yeah. But because of that, they would they would throw these really awesome parties for the students. So they would have, you know blues and shoes which is like barbecue blues and and free beer and so there was a local brewery in town called bristol and uh every time the school had a party there would you know they would get like 30 kegs from bristol brewing and it was great beer and so that was kind of my first experience with craft beer was free beer that the college was buying for it right. not free you know your tuition paid for but, it but also not like your your just like your course light or your miller light yeah or yeah like, you no. know it's it was craft beer it was it, it absolutely yeah bristol is still around there a great brewery yeah and uh um yeah i remember my first hoppy beer uh was their pale ale i thought it was terrible it was like this tastes like uh like grass clippings or something like that so <laughs> which is kind of like you're explaining some some people are probably like listening think yeah i get that too when i try my first yeah it's right, like am i chewing on a pine needle right now or what's going on yeah. now i love them but uh, uh but at the time it was like this is yeah. this is not what i want i want that i want that honey wheat you right know? <laughs> so so where does it go from there then to I want to start like you know do you start like brewing it with friends like at, like how do you get into like thinking ah, I want to make this stuff yeah, so it uh it definitely happened very gradually uh I had a friend I think junior year of college that he homebrewed a batch mm-hmm. and uh I was kind of like wow like I can't believe that you actually <laughs> you made, made beer like this is crazy <laughs> yeah you know and uh you know I mean he was like a a normal guy like me I'm like you know you're not like uh, like a crazy scientist or anything you just right. like made this you know and yeah. that kind of I remember that blew my mind whenever I first that was the first uh, the first homebrewed beer I'd ever had and I was like and it's not terrible it's like it's not great but yeah. it's not terrible so I thought that was really cool um, but really I, I, I graduated I had learned that I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to go work for, for my dad or not or or explore something else. And so I was kind of uh, kind of floating a little bit, doing, like, some odd jobs and uh, uh, had some free time, and so I started homebrewing. And in Colorado? No, this was actually so in you, Oklahoma. So you so, okay. Yeah, so I graduated. Yeah. My parents were... Uh, nice enough or foolish enough to to let me uh stay in my (laughs) stay in my old room for a little bit of time and uh so yeah i uh, started brewing in my mom's kitchen uh which was you know my mom's very very clean so that was uh you know probably she was thrilled not her favorite thing she drink too she does she drinks a little bit of beer um not not a lot but uh but yeah she would have been a lot worse if she doesn't drink yeah yeah yeah, definitely (laughs) so um, so yeah, started homebrewing, and it really it was one of those uh, one of those things that like you know kind of clicked. I was like, mm. this is 
this is awesome. Like, I love doing this. This is really yeah. fun. And so, uh, you know, I kind of went along with the home brewing. And I think after my second batch, I was like, you know what? I think I want to work at a brewery. Or actually, I, I said, I want to open a brewery. Um, and then I did some research. And I think, you know, a couple people gave me some good advice of, you know, maybe you should Right. Work, work at a brewery before opening a business that you don't know anything about, yeah. which is pretty good advice. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, to say the least. So, I, I, I changed my focus from opening a brewery to working at a brewery. So, I moved back out to Colorado. Mm-hmm. I th- it, was, it was kind of a, my parents were like, you should probably like find your own spot. And I, this was around the time I was coming to the realization that, you know, yeah, I wanted to work at a brewery. And uh, so it was kind of a, yeah. uh, you know, it was good timing. Uh, I had outstayed my welcome. And a there was bit. no kind of brewery scene here yet that you could there, go. There were a couple of breweries. Uh, I think Coop was pretty new okay. at the time. Uh, this was, uh, I'm trying to think, this was probably in 2007 mm-hmm. when this was all happening, 2006, 2007. So I think Coop is brand new. I think Marshall. Yeah. was around but you know they're they're both like brand new brand new right. breweries so colorado was the was the Not obvious the place what it is today yeah, yeah yeah so i moved back out to colorado ended up working construction for uh seven or eight months while i tried to get a job at a brewery which turned out to be really hard uh, i got rejected a lot so <laughs> um yeah and finally got a job at a place called boulder beer as a shipping assistant so that was I had luckily at the construction job, I'd learned how to drive a forklift, yeah. which is the only reason I got hired as the shipping assistant because I knew how to drive a forklift. So, right. um, yeah, so finally. Yeah. So then, so then you go out there and, and you just kind of like learning as much as you can and spending as much time yeah. with the brewers on your off days and your off hours. Or, I mean, just, yeah, just kind of soaking in it. I was still home brewing like like crazy so i was still brewing on my own you know right. kind of developing recipes and uh and that side at the brewery itself uh you know i was doing shipping and packaging so you know i it it wasn't like you couldn't really it was a big enough brewery that you couldn't really just like hang out with the brewers and right. like and like brew with them and stuff yeah um so uh but yeah so i mean i just but still, there's on the packaging and shipping side, there's an absurd amount of things you can learn too. So, right. with the brewer, with the other employees that you were there with, were they? I assume. I mean, they don't work for a brewery because they don't. You know, they, they clearly would have an interest the same as you. Were they brewing themselves as well? Like, could you kind of had a core group of employee friends that you would brew with and stuff like that? Yeah, I had a I had a couple friends that uh, that we would we would get together and do small batches mm-hmm. with, and I I lived. Uh, I lived with one of the other employees there. Um, me and him and a few other guys lived at a house in the mountains, uh, and so we would we would do batches up there every yeah. once in a while. But, how, uh, how long did you stay there before you decided to come back? Well, so I was at Boulder Beer for I think about four and a half years. So mm-hmm. I, I spent a couple of years in the shipping packaging, and then uh, one of their brewers left, and I got hired on to be a brewer oh, there. Nice. And so I brewed there for a couple of years, and then. I moved across town to a brewery called Avery Brewing mm-hmm. and ended up brewing there for about four years as well before yeah. uh, before moving back. So you spent so. quite a lot of time learning and working. and, and Yeah, close, close to know, nine years working yeah. at those two breweries um, trying to uh, – well, I wouldn't say – I wouldn't say like the whole time I was – so focused on sure, learning, but, but you, you are know. like I mean you're you're in it, aren't you? Like you you're there, and even if you're not learning, you're picking up things. Yeah, that, like you're just around it, so it becomes normal to you. So that when you do take the jump, you know it's, it's not sure. like like you were when you just graduated. Like, I'm yeah. an open brewery, yeah, I know yeah. nothing about it, uh, and that's a good lesson for people listening too. Like you know what you mentioned is just you spend nine years working in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know some people listening that that might have you know i want to do it now right with no experience i'll just figure it out and well, wonder why businesses crash and burn yeah i mean that was how i felt at the beginning but yeah, yeah I, I i don't know if it was my dad or a friend or somebody who told me to get a job at a brewery first but whoever it was was, yeah. was smart you know 
during this time then are you keeping an eye on what's happening in Oklahoma and, and the scene that's kind of like evolving here yeah yeah definitely so the the biggest thing I was keeping an eye on was uh uh, was the laws because right. the laws used to be very unfriendly to breweries here. And so I, I didn't really want to open a brewery in Oklahoma mm-hmm. when, you know, these laws existed. The biggest right. one was that tap rooms were essentially illegal. Okay. You could have a tap room, but you had to limit the alcohol percentage to, to 3.2, you know, sure. so like low point beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most people don't start breweries to, to make low point beer. Right. <laughs> not exclusively, anyways. Yeah, yeah. So. It's totally the opposite. Usually yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, we make beers right now that are less than that in alcohol, mm-hmm. but it's, it's because that's true to style, not right. because... You know, we want to... That it was needed or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You stick to... Yeah, well, I mean, as creators, good, you know, and, and and when you're, you know, brew, brewing as brewers, like, the last thing you want is constraints by the law that says, yeah, you know, because yeah. it, you want to be able to go do what you what you want to do and, and push the limits, right, of your creativity and your brewing skills. And if it comes out and it tastes like... It tastes great, but it's rocket fuel, you might yeah. have to dial it back a little bit. Yeah. But dialing it back from a seven to... You know, a two or a three is, I assume, is really not easy to do. Yeah. To there, keep the same flavor. And there's just certain styles that you can't do well mm-hmm. at that alcohol percentage. Um, it's not that, like, we're trying to make our beer strong, but it's almost impossible to make a 3% yeah. IPA taste great. You know, right. it's going to it's gonna taste thin, and, you know, the mouthfeel's not going to be right, mm-hmm. and... Uh, you know the hops are going to overwhelm the, the you know the thin yeah. body on the beer and so uh you know or like a stout you know mm-hmm. it's uh um you can't make a, a rich stout at three percent alcohol right. you know that's just it's just yeah. not really possible so so then after working nine years are you, was it always kind of in your mind that you would come back and open one in oklahoma or were you uh, i mean obviously you keep an eye on the laws but before you went out there were you thinking you would come back or were you just thinking, I'm just going to open one. I don't know where it's going to be yet. Yeah, I think for a long time, I, I just had no idea. Right. Um, and I mean, there was a while at Avery where I just, you know, I really loved my job and yeah. loved what I was doing and where I was living. And, mm-hmm. uh, and climbing I was like, on the weekends. Yeah, and I was like, time, I was like yeah. maybe I don't want to open a brewery. Maybe I just yeah. want to do this. This is, you know, because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, um, so it wasn't, you know, I'm not... I wasn't like singularly focused on this right. one thing the entire time. Uh, maybe I should have been. I don't know. But I uh, mean, it's worked out. Whatever. Yeah, you know, worked out. And but these are, you're right. These are going to get hot. So I might crack one of these. Yeah, right. for sure. Um, yeah, I might grab really, one too. Um, but this is for everyone listening. It's this is the neon sunshine that we're drinking, and it's what you're drinking the uh, Astrodash. Yeah, this is our our Cheers. year round IPA. Yeah, thanks. Wonderful. Never too early for a beer. The good thing people listening don't know how early it is. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you, the laws are changing, and you see that it's possible for you to open one back in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that process. How you know? How are you doing that and thinking? And do you go like the Craft Beers Association route and have a spot there, and then like that seems like the general thing to do, right? Here at the moment is they go there and get the help from there, and then they open up their new spot. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, there's not obviously not like a, a how-to guide, although I re- right. would have really liked one um, a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so it was a, it was definitely a, a very gradual process. It, it really, like I was saying, I was keeping an eye on the law changing. Things hadn't changed, but mm-hmm. the climate really looked like they were going to change. Like yeah. the... Uh, one thing that craft breweries almost always have going for them is is public support, you know, because it's mm. small business. You're making a fun product yeah. locally. Uh, you're bringing jobs. Um, yeah. And uh, and for Oklahoma, it's kind of a new industry almost, mm-hmm. or it was. So um, so that always helps. Is you know having there was having having people like having people yeah. like you, you know. Yeah. Um, but so I was keeping a close eye on that, and uh, I got a call from a friend actually really uh, uh, a brother of one of my friends growing up mm-hmm. uh, who lives in Oklahoma City uh, a guy named John Dotson he called me and he was like he was a banker at the time and yeah. he was trying to uh, switch from banking to real estate developing and he mm-hmm. called me and he's like hey I'm you know trying to develop this building and I really 
think a brewery would be awesome here. He's like, you know, do you have any interest? And I didn't, at the time, I didn't know him real well, but he yeah. would come by Avery about once a week, year and we would have a beer. So we, mm-hmm. we had kind of kept in touch. But uh, so he called me, you know, talked about it. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll think about it. You know, yeah. I was like, I'm pretty pretty pumped about what I'm doing right now so I'm not like mm. set to do it and you know he kept calling me he's a pretty persistent guy yeah, in a good way yeah that's you know? reasonably and, successful yeah, right? yeah yeah so um so eventually I kind of warmed up to the idea and I was like yeah let's uh I was like you know the the time's about as right as it's gonna be I, you know I was like 30 31 at the time you know uh wasn't married didn't have any kids that I had to feed or anything like that. Living like, the dream. That's what, you're, yeah. that's what you're quoting right now, right? So, yeah. You know, no, really but, enjoy what you want to be doing, right? You're loving mountain climbing, skiing, yeah. and working at a brewery that you really enjoy. And, you, you know, you're right. You're just like, you know, life is set at that point, yeah. right? You know, it's it's life is easy at that point. It, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely, you know, like any, like, like living yeah. I mean there's always challenges but it's I would say as far as life's go mine was Comfortable. mine was pretty easy you yeah. know it was uh, um, I had I really had nothing to complain about right. so um, so I was like sure I'd love to take on an enormous amount of debt you know <laughs> and, uh, and 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 do yeah. this but uh, no I, I, I thought there's never going to be a better time than now yeah you know if I if this whole thing fails and I go bankrupt, I'll, I'll be okay. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm in my early thirties, you know, I will, I will emerge from this and, uh-huh. and be fine by probably by the time I'm 40, you know, right. hopefully have recovered. <laughs> so I was, I was kind of like thinking worst case scenario. Uh, it's like, I, I was like, all right, what happens if everything is terrible? Yeah. It's like, I think, I think I'll still be okay. I can so, still get a job and I'll yeah, be okay. I can, I can get a job at another brewery, you know, yeah. slowly rebuild my credit. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, I eventually said, yeah, yeah, let's do this. And uh, it was the the building I was going to go into was actually at the Wheeler Park. I'm not okay. sure if you're familiar with yeah, that yeah, space. Yeah. The um, big friendly one into it. Yeah, okay. yeah. The big yeah. friendlies there. And so I was going to be a part of the hangar space mm-hmm. on their grounds, which I think is still vacant. I think they use okay. it for events like, or whatever. I, yeah, I think like heavy equipment storage, okay. or I'm, I'm not honestly yeah. sure. But um, anyways, I was I was really excited. I thought the development was going to be you know really cool. I mean, yeah. it's it is a, cool. It's a crazy it? development. Yeah, yeah, great part of um, town compared to what it, I mean, it was nothing, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was just a it runway was a or whatever. Old, Old airport. I would right? love Nothing. to see planes come in over the top of downtown just to land. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so uh, yeah, so I uh, kind of, I mean, verbally committed. I, I hadn't like signed on the dotted line or anything, and uh, for honestly reasons, I don't really know. That project uh, kind of hung up for sure. a couple of years, and so I hadn't quit my job at Avery or anything. So I wasn't. I wasn't, you know, yeah, freaking out yeah. too bad about anything. But uh, he was like, hey, you know, we don't really know the timeline on the Wheeler project, but there's another building that my partners and I are trying to buy that we also think would be great for a brewery. And so um, I was in town, you know, visiting family or something. Yeah. So I went and checked it out, which ended up being the brewery that we're in now, right. which is a, a, an old historic brick building at First and Classen on the west side mm-hmm. of downtown. Um so that that building was a real gem. It it didn't have a roof at all. I mean, like blue sky. Um, I think it had been vacant since the early nineteen yeah. eighties, and uh, hadn't had a roof for probably fifteen twenty years. So yeah. there were there were literally like trees growing up in like where we have tanks right now. So we we had to we had to bring a drill with us and unscrew plywood to get into the building the first yeah. time. If that kind of gives you an idea, yeah. but so yeah, I mean, you, you take you take the drill down there, you, you unscrew, and with a historic building, there's so much more stuff you got to deal with as well, right? There is, yeah, absolutely. You can't just like knock it down and then put a metal structure there and make it easy. Yeah, well, I think that uh, uh, John and and his partners were are are very focused on historic preservation of, okay. of structures. They. Uh, they own the Tower Theater and, you know, did the restoration on that project. And uh, so, I mean, I, they're they're the perfect ones to, to yeah. undertake a project like right. this. 
uh, and for me, like I'm, I'm not a developer. You know, that that was the first yeah. kind of development project I'd ever been a part of. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't want to be a developer. You know, after going through that project, <laughs> yeah, insane. So somebody else can do that, but uh, so that was the building then. It was, yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it was crazy, but uh, uh, but you could tell it was an amazing building. I mean, the walls, mm-hmm. the walls were still there. It was, it was such a cool, cool space. Yeah. Uh, just uh, needed a little. Uh, needed a little love, to yeah. say the least. What year was that? That probably would have been uh, probably 2015 when I first saw that building. Okay. Um, probably early 2015. So you see that and think, I, I, I'd like to do this then. Yeah, and, I think. And then the process of renovating and you building then a brand starts. Yeah, yeah. So I think that they were, I think they were under contract on the building, but without without a tenant to pretty much take the building right. nobody's going to yeah. loan you the money to yeah. redo it and so i was kind of the final piece to mm-hmm. make that project uh start yeah. start working and so yeah so we we demoed just a crazy amount of stuff out of there i mean there was like a boat hanging from the uh <laughs> hanging from the trusses like half of a dodge ram truck i mean just you know, yeah. an absurd amount of junk in there. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think the I think the renovation project was about a year and a half on the space, which, considering how it used to look and how it looks now, doesn't seem like that long to me. But right. Yeah, I'd love to see the before and after pictures because I'm sure it was. Uh, it, it's crazy transformation. Yeah. Um, when you sign that lease, then you think, okay, this is happening. This is real. Now you could still have gone from like home brewing to I need a business plan. I need to to pick a name and a brand and, yeah. and figure out where in Oklahoma City I'm gonna fit in if all these breweries are now popping off. Yeah, yeah. How's that? It's uh, definitely definitely difficult. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a, a kind of a business degree from in from college uh-huh. and that didn't really seem to help much at all uh, during the whole process mm-hmm. and so it was kind of you know talk to people who have done this before you know get what information they're willing to share which was which was a lot I mean I had a lot of people give right. me just a crazy amount of help so uh, that I mean that was that was crucial to, mm-hmm. to the whole process you know then like you said writing a business plan which you know i didn't do like the traditional like written out business plan but i did you know financial projections and all that sort of stuff you know nobody the banks weren't going to give me any money without that stuff obviously so um try and make it look you know good but not too good right. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and but also realistic you know because you, you don't want to default on your bank loan either of so yeah yeah um and uh, and then choosing the name uh, that actually ended up being one of the hardest parts of yeah. the entire process. Uh, it turns out, you know, with uh, six thousand breweries at the time, now there's like nine plus. Uh, Everyone's got something brewing. Yeah, right? it's, like, it's uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's not a whole lot of all the, all the obvious ones are taken. Right. And uh, and you don't want to go too weird. And yeah. And then it turns out. If you, if even if you have to take into account wineries and distilleries, and even some bars, if they have the same name, oh, yeah. you can't you can't overlap. Um, so I would, uh, I used a, uh, you know, a trademark attorney, and so I would send her mm-hmm. a list of like five names, and she would be like, nope, <laughs> and then yeah. you know, five. I'd brainstorm for three more weeks and come up with five more, and she's like. Uh, you could maybe use one of these, but yeah, getting closer. But no. yeah. <laughs> so it's, how do you settle on Stone Cloud? So I really uh, having the mountains be such a giant mm-hmm. part of my life out in Colorado. I really yeah. wanted to draw at least some inspiration uh, from the mountains for the name. Mm-hmm. And I was reading a a climbing book. It's it's this uh, this book about climbing desert towers. Uh, which is my favorite type of climbing. It's basically sandstone towers, like out in okay. you know arches oh, and canyonlands yeah, yeah, yeah. and that sort like of thing. Old western movies type. John yeah, Wayne yeah, stuff, absolutely. Like the red kind of yeah stuff. So yeah. that's in my in my opinion, that's the 
the end all be all of climbing the is climbing that, sandstone towers. The thing the I desert. think of when you when you say that is that scene in it might even be Mission Impossible one when he's like oh. Tom Cruise is on the yeah and, and they, he gets a phone call and he's like yeah <laughs> kind of busy right now yep totally unrealistic scene but of that's ex- that's exactly the sort of okay. climbing I'm yeah. talking I'm about glad I'm so, on the same page yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways I'm reading the 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 intro to this uh, this book and it's talking about Shiprock which is a not really a desert tower but kind of and he's talking about it and he said you know it rises from the plains like a cloud made of stone and I'm like oh that's like really cool imagery and then yeah just kind of started thinking about it more and more and thought about being up in the mountains and you know when you're really high in the mountains and you're in a range you can look off in the distance and you see like mountains and mountains and mountains and like they're distinct layers based on the distance they are away from you and then almost always that final layer like just kind of dissolves into the clouds you know just like they're like the same thing yeah and so it's kind of that imagery that uh, yeah, led yeah. me to Stone Cloud. And knowing Oklahoma is going to talk about, that. yeah, right. You know I mean, in Oklahoma, you're definitely going to, definitely going to get that. That's uh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so I mean, 2019 was like opening, right? Uh, 2017. 2017. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, July 2017. So from 15 to 17, they demo. You do, you know, they figure out the space, and then in that period, are you developing beers and recipes and and figuring out, I guess, your menu at that point, like figuring out what you know which beers you're gonna tackle first yeah yeah absolutely so i actually moved back in with my parents yeah. i don't know like after that first round i'm not sure how they let me back in but they did so i moved back in with my mm-hmm. parents and essentially did all of that working on the business plan um you know that stuff picking dad's brain every now and then yeah Yeah. and and i had also um i'd bought a uh a pilot system so it's uh like a one barrel well a barrel is is 31 gallons so for us it's a pretty small system it's it's like a test batching system and so i bought a one barrel system and uh uh really just started like cranking out test brews on that mm-hmm. um so that's like actually where the original recipes for astro dog what i'm drinking and neon yeah. sunshine what you're drinking okay uh both of these came from that yeah. test system and so um so i was cranking those out you know getting opinions from family friends you know that sort of thing mm-hmm. and also the um the festivals in oklahoma are a little bit different than at least in Colorado, I'm not really familiar with other states, but where they let essentially breweries and planning also yeah. pour. Okay. Um, and so I was able to, you know, take these test batches and actually like, you know, get a banner and a tablecloth yeah. and that sort of thing. And, and see and people start, try it. Yeah. And, 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 and get like the get real world real feedback uh, at these festivals and, um, which was, I think, uh, very, very important. For right, because, I mean, the harshest critics ever, right? It's yeah. Like the public who, I mean, some of them might be connoisseurs and others might just be like, I like this beer because I like this beer. I don't yeah. like anything else. Whatever yeah. else is, you know, if it's not that beer, it's trash. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you're like, well, it's not. You just like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there's a million different styles for yeah. a million different people, obviously. But Do you enter any contests? No, I've never really been a, a contest mm-hmm. guy. I uh, uh, we'll we'll send uh, beers now to to judging events uh, yeah. a couple times a year. But I'm with with those judging events. You know, they might they might be judging three hundred, yeah, four hundred yeah. beers in one category, and so it's you know it's kind of like right. it's. They don't. They don't have one person judge all four hundred, obviously, because yeah. that would be impossible. But mm-hmm. they're just like so subjective that uh, yeah. you know the the winning beers are always great, you know. But there's always yeah a lot more great oh, yeah. beers, you no know, doubt. in there. So like the top twenty, top thirty is like pr- you probably know, amazing. pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, uh, I just say that because I'm bitter about not winning. But, <laughs> yeah, anything yet. Uh, so so it gets real. You open. What's opening day like, and how many beers do you have on tap? I think we had eleven or twelve beers on tap. That's a lot. Which was, yeah, I was, I was pretty, pretty happy with that. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think my goal had been I wanted to have at least ten beers mm-hmm. ready, but, uh, but yeah, opening day was crazy. We, uh, we, 
had a brand new taproom staff. I think some of them have worked, you know, bartending before, yeah. some not. So it was definitely a, a learning experience. I mean, we were just crazy, crazy slammed all day long, um, which was great. That's awesome. I had spent, you know, the last three years just spending money. So it was nice to finally make a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> like we have customers. However, how, however little it was. But yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it was nice to see that. Yeah. you know flow the other way a little bit so. and, and since then you guys have just have you developed more your beers and continue to evolve and you know just kind of nailed the process and yeah obviously you're still in the same space which is great yeah we uh um have really we really kind of push uh push the r&d side of beer okay. pretty pretty hard that's really for us that's the fun side yeah so it's not really what pays the bills uh you know neon sunshine is our best seller like that that beer keeps the lights oh, on you can drink it all day yeah right? um, like there's yeah. Some, some beers you can have one or two but yeah. you can drink it on sunshine i mean I, I love it it's yeah. uh it's a it's a fantastic beer but but yeah i think what we really get excited about is is you know testing out new beers mm-hmm. you know having fun with new ingredients uh yeah you know we, we started making hard seltzer uh which is oh really yeah so it, yeah. I mean, it's like a whole nother getting on the craze yeah it, it was one of those things I think whenever I started the brewery, I was a little bit more of a purist than I am mm-hmm. now. I think I'm, you know, having run a business for a few years, I'm definitely more open to catered to the to, wives that have been dragged along to the bar. If yeah, I mean, be a loving husband. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you'd be you'd be surprised. I think we see almost as many men as women drinking seltzers, but. Uh, yeah. And I mean, we're doing crazy stuff. We're, I mean, we make like a smoothie seltzer now. Okay, it's like an alcoholic Jamba Juice. Oh, I mean, dangerous. It's, you know, everybody <laughs> perfect for the summer. Yeah, no, it's it's wild. It's one of those things yeah. that, uh, you know, everybody's like, really? Like, and then yeah. and then they try it and they're like, oh my god, I get it. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, so it, it's that stuff is that stuff is fun and, and you know and. Uh, helps keep things like you know fresh and interesting but uh for me like you know seltzer is a whole other thing that's kind of a, a side game beer right. is always what like i'm not i'm not passionate about seltzer you of know course. I'm passionate yeah, about yeah, yeah. Beer, right. so. but you like that's that's you know you cr- be but, creative enough and have the time yeah. enough to like let's try it why not let's yeah and happens. it's and it's fun and uh yeah and if you can you know bring in some more income right you know, at the same time it's like yeah. why not and the scene obviously since you know you since the laws changed since you signed the lease in 2015 and the last six seven years has just i mean it's would you ever think it's this good compared to what it was uh, you, you know, I hoped that someday yeah. the the climate would be how it is right mm-hmm. now, but um, but it's hard to know what's going to happen in the future, obviously. Right. So, yeah, it's. I mean, I think for, I have a friend of mine who who's, lives in Canada right now, and I'm not huge like into beer. I will drink it, and I I couldn't tell you much about IPAs or anything like that. But yeah. he is one of those guys, and he came down here, and I was like, you know, I'm like. It's like let's go out for a beer. It's like, okay, where do you want to go? And then I like pulled up like the list of like breweries. And yeah, and he's just like, oh, I need some time. Yeah, like, he's like going through all of like the menus and you know you 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 spend. I mean, there's like there's beer tours now, right? And like there's there's a whole yeah. there's a whole like community here now that was never there before, and people have been brought to no craft beer that never knew it before like you know you probably got people who used to grow up in college and drink natty lights their entire you know have natty yeah. days or whatever and now they're like oh like i drink this because of and they spout off and they tell you all about you know the beer that they're drinking yeah 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 i think from from my perspective you know i i want it to be mm-hmm. more definitely more mainstream you know yeah. i don't want people to feel feel like they have to like be, the wine community yeah i don't yeah. i don't want people to feel like they need to know about beer to go to a right. brewery and enjoy beer yeah um i think that's uh you know coming coming from colorado where the the you know the beer scene is just so much more mature than oklahoma mm-hmm. it's you know going to a brewery is just like a normal part of of life Going for to a most pub people, or a bar it's like or yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it's like hey, you want to meet me for a drink? You it know, becomes the local. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like brewery, bar, restaurant, yeah. whatever. They're like they're all given gotcha. equal weight. And in Oklahoma, I think it's still like a little bit more of almost like a niche spot yeah, to yeah, yeah. to go. 
you know, it's like, oh, it's like, yeah, I guess we could go to a brewery, but sure. I would love to see that more mainstream as far as, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. just like a casual place to hang out, mm-hmm. you know, we're, and we're, we're definitely going more for, you know, we're like the coffee shop with alcohol gotcha. vibe, you yeah. know, we're, yeah, we're yeah. not going for like, we don't want a late night party <laughs> at our spot. So that makes sense know. though. I mean, it's, you know, it's cool to do that because there are plenty of places that have, if you want to have that late night party experience, then go for it. Yeah. But, somebody else can, can yeah. do that yeah. uh, way better than we can. We don't, we don't want any part of that. Yeah. Talking about, I guess, going into the future then, what are you, you know, are you working on any beers right now? You know, things are opening back up. You guys are getting back out to festivals and, and, and events and, by the time this goes out, you would have done your, your you know, a big event at the ballpark. What's what's kind of the future hold, and what do you, what's the vision for for new drinks and stuff like that? Yeah, so we we definitely have a, a lot of stuff planned, uh, or always try to, anyways. Um, and it's nice to be mostly out of the pandemic, so we can yeah. actually make those plans mm-hmm. a reality. But uh, uh, in the near future, we're actually going to expand our distribution out of Oklahoma and go into North Texas. And so that'll be, um, uh, both a challenge and, and it's really exciting. So I think it's, uh, you know, the, the North Texas area is kind of a natural extension just being so close and having such a large population. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that'll be fun. That'll be the first time we've been outside of Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we're actually in the process of, uh, opening another taproom location, awesome. uh, which I can't quite say where it is, but yeah. uh, hopefully in the next few weeks we'll have like that's you great. Know, plans and renderings yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah. we can like share. So, yeah, no, so that's, that's great. That's news. another really exciting thing right. that, to, uh, to do that so early on in, in kind of you know business that you've been in, and, and some people just move to a bigger location, right? Instead of but opening up another room, yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, it's uh, I, from my perspective the you know the model of growing enormous and getting in all 50 states is maybe not dead but it's it's pretty close yeah. you know it's if you wanted to be the next year in Nevada you need to have about you yeah. know endless supply of marketing need, dollars yeah, literally and that's it yeah. you need you need to open up with 100 million dollars right. to market you yeah. know that's that's yeah, the buying only, super bowl ads and all the rest of it yeah that's the only way yeah. you can achieve that kind of like Mm-hmm. Outside of like very special circumstances, really the only way you can right. achieve that sort of like widespread growth yeah, yeah, is yeah. is marketing. Right yeah. now, there's you know like Sierra Nevada did it organically in the '80s, yeah. right? But the to do it now, it's with it's more it's competition almost, and yeah. So you know, even trying to replicate that sort of growth model is yeah. just not even worth it. So for us, it's more of a. Uh, more of a community focused growth model where it's like, yeah, we'll expand distribution geographically as it makes sense, but we never want to push it. We don't never want to go somewhere where Mm -hmm. people don't already want our beer. Yeah. And so that makes sense. So for us, you know, North Texas is, is great. You know, Mm -hmm. we get people in our tap room all the time from Dallas who drive up to it, but, and the Dallas um, market's well, huge. It's bigger than all of Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of people down there that, that you could sell to that are super close and easy down I-35. Yeah. Uh, But but, yeah, focusing on that, like, you know, community growth, you know, like going to another city and trying mm -hmm. to create the same, uh, experience Same, that you've created yeah. at the at the main brewery, I think, is a, a much more sustainable way for yeah. us to. Well, it keeps you on your toes too, because you get to like it's exciting, isn't it? You're like, I'm gonna go open up a new spot now, and and I get to do it all again. Like, and I've learned from doing it before, yeah. and we're gonna do it, you know, this way, and just that's uh, that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah, and and actually, speaking of law changes, the the latest law change was actually the legalization of satellite tap rooms and okay. so yeah you, so it doesn't have to be like super brewed on it had to be brewed on site you, right you it still has to be a brewery so okay. you still need to be able to brew there um but you don't need to brew everything that gotcha. you serve there okay yeah and so for us the big thing for us is canning mm. you know our canning line is very expensive and yeah. has a lot of moving parts and it just doesn't make sense to Move try it, and yeah. put another canning line at another location because they're just so expensive and require a lot right. of expertise to operate. Like it would just be so much better if we right. could take neon sunshine that we make at the main brewery yeah. and bring Track it, it here. You know? So 
Yeah. So that was the, really the holdup um, in that this uh, past yeah. legislative session got changed. So would the hope be going forward to just open up different spots then because of that law change, like coffee shops around different cities? To, around the to a certain extent. I okay. mean, w- you know, we would never want to have a dozen. You wouldn't want to you franchise know, it basically and have yeah, like, you know, no, it's, a bunch we don't, of them we don't want to, we also don't want to cheapen our brand by having sense. it everywhere yeah. so um only only if it makes sense and you know only where we feel like it's you know yeah, a perfect yeah. fit so it's good, uh, uh, so it's i would a say a very out. limited number but uh yeah. potentially you know one or two more yeah so. that's awesome well mate thanks for coming down thanks for thanks for bringing the beer and uh and sharing some great stories uh you know now people listening have a have the backstory of where it started why the name is the name and you know and just you know your, your story of going to, to to colorado to to work and, and think you know what maybe i don't want to do this maybe i do and then you get that phone call and you're the yeah. opportunity and timing is everything but for people listening where can they go to follow you you know with the address of the uh, of the of the if they don't know it already and then social media stuff as well yeah yeah so uh you can find our beer uh across oklahoma in most locations Mm -hmm. uh and if they don't have it please ask them for it (laughs) yeah (laughs) tell them you need it yeah tell them to order it but uh uh, our brewery is at 1012 northwest first street uh just on the west side of downtown look for the enormous sunshine laundry cleaner uh neon sign but we won't do your laundry for you uh that was the previous uh yeah <laughs> previous uh, occupation of the building and uh yeah we're at stone cloud brewing on instagram and awesome. i think just stone cloud brewing on facebook yeah for people listening i'll post the links that joel just mentioned down in the description so you can go right to that follow him buy yourself a beer we're currently, I'm currently drinking the Neon Sunshine, which is fantastic. So you should go try that. But thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Also, huge shout out to RCB Bank for jumping on board to be a sponsor. RCB Bank's loan promotion is here for a limited time. Head into any of their 40 Oklahoma locations to get as low as 1.79 APR on your next car, boat, camper, or ATV. Apply online at rcbbank.com. RCB Bank, that's my bank. Rate and finance with approved credit. Restrictions apply. Member FDIC. Huge shout out to my sponsors. Uh, Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.